And good morning. Hey, welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls. I'm your host, and I'm fired up today. I've got Mr. Sean Hayes on the show today, your car guy. I believe that's the tagline, right, Sean? That's it, man. Sean Hayes, your car guy. I make car buying easy. Right on, dude. Well, hey, I appreciate you. Uh, We had to work through a couple of, of little technical issues, but we got it. So, dude, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know you could be selling a couple of cars right now, and 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 so you're losing money. Oh, that's okay, man. Always got time for uh, people in this industry who want to make it better, man. You know, I, I what's weird is I've had you know um, I've had some 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 big players on from the car business on the show, Frank Lopes and Lisa Copeland, who's a client of mine and dear friend of mine, and. And I keep saying I'm not in the car business, <laughs> but but even Glenn, I told Glenn Lundy, I'm like, dude, I'm not in the car business, and he's like, well, we've adopted you. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I I you know this show, I created this show. Um, I've I'm the CEO of a company. I've been very very successful in in my my career and in, in life, and and I, I I did this to give back, and and I truly believe that we. You know, we we grow and and we gain spiritually and and in life by sharing our stories, so other people can hear how we've faced the 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 trials and tribulations and broke through. So that's what this is about, man. Okay. You're not in the car business; you're in the people business, and that's you've got a lot of interesting people in the car business. So. That's right. That's right. My wife's like, are, are, are we supposed to be doing something in the car business? You know all these car people. <laughs> I'm like, Never I don't know, man. Never know. Maybe. <laughs> but um, so so um, let's start with telling everybody, like, I, I've seen you. I've been on your live streams here and there. I've, I, you know, I know you work with Glenn Lundy down there in Kentucky, which is actually only about a four-hour drive from where I'm sitting right now. Um, so, you know, let's start with though, telling everybody who you are, where you were born and raised. Yeah, man. My name is Sean Hayes. I am in the car business. I was born and raised in Canton, Ohio. Uh, I, I lived there until uh, I graduated high school and then I took off for my adventure through the world, (laughs) through the country, I should say. Yeah. What, what, so, so you went to, you went to school in Canton. Yeah, man, uh, Canton, Ohio. That's and, like that's uh, like two hours from me. Where are you Where are you at? I'm in um, north of Marion or south of Marion, Ohio. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. even know you were in Ohio, man. Uh, yeah. I'm a big. I'm a big. Are you a Buckeye fan, dude? Yeah. You can't live in Ohio and not be a Buckeye fan. <laughs> Amen. Amen. My right. wife thinks we're all crazy. She thinks we're all crazy because uh, you're you have a lot of passion in Ohio. That's for sure, especially. <laughs> Dude, there there's some people that paint their house scarlet and gray. I I, I won't go that far. Like that's that's <laughs> nuts. That's nuts. But um, so so you know, you grew up in Canton. That's where you went to went to school, high school, all that. Did you go to college? I, I did not. No, I would I would not have done well in college. I some people are made for that. I'm definitely not, and I'm not using that as an excuse, but I would have wasted money. I would have wasted my time. I would have wasted the professor's time. I would have went – at that point in my life, 
I was uh, finding myself, and it took me years to find myself, so I would not have done well at school. I would have basically partied my way right out of school, to be honest with you. Right, right. Uh, I can totally relate to that, totally. My wife just said, O-H. <laughs> I O. <laughs> I love it, man. So, um, and, we, and, and we, we've made national news here lately, <laughs> unfortunately. But that that'll all work out. But um, so so um, where did you go after high school? Then what what happened? Well, that's where my adventure started. What's what's amazing there is uh, I I've always had like a gypsy heart, gypsy soul to me. Um, and at that point in my life, I, I I hadn't figured out who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. So um, I basically kind of tooled around a little bit. I come from a smaller town. I was very poor growing up. Um, I didn't really get out of my bubble enough. So I moved to Chicago, Illinois, downtown Chicago. And uh, I lived there throughout my 20s. And I basically, that's where I, uh, I was a bartender for years um, in the restaurant business. Again, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know really at all what to do. And I found sales um, when I was about 27. I would say. So I literally for about seven years worked in the restaurant industry. Wow. And at which, you know, I, I, I'll tell you something. I, I hired, um, I've hired, I don't, I don't even know how many salespeople over the last 30 years, a lot, lot, lot. And, and I'll tell you something, the number one best, well, uh, the best sales manager I ever hired was a GM from a high class steakhouse. Like he had worked in the, in the, in the restaurant industry for years. And he just was, you know, I think that once you do that long enough, you either become really, really good at effectively communicating with other human beings or you don't make it. One of the two. Well, a lot of people end up leaving the restaurant business, hating people. OK, so there is a fine line there, you know, sure. I actually always enjoyed people and I enjoy, uh, you know, relationships and building them. So I was literally destined for what I'm doing right now. I really believe that. It, um, now, I've expanded my role in this industry, but I really am good at fostering relationships, getting people to understand, to communicate effectively. I can communicate effectively. I've done always done a real good job of understanding the road to the sale what people need, yeah. what people want. And uh, I've just used that now and I've for good. You know, for years, Ken, I did it. I used it for bad, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't come from the best environment growing up. So I, I, I tell I say this all the time, all the time to people that when you don't grow up in the best environment and you grow up with the wrong uh, people teaching you things, you grow up with a survivor mentality. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you're not using your skills for good. You're using your skills to manipulate, to get to, you know, to get over on people, just to make sure you survive and you grow. Right. But yep. you're not helping anybody else. I really wasn't contributing to the general society. I was only worried about me. Yeah. I, I dude, I, I, tomorrow is August the 10th. And if I make it, till tomorrow I'll have 16 years of sobriety <clears throat> and and I, so I can when I was out there doing my thing dude 
that's all it was about was me, 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 me. And, and I did not care about you or anyone else. And so I can totally relate to that. So, so here, here you are in Chicago, bartending, working in the, the restaurant business. W what happened next? Did you stay in Chicago until recently or? This is how I got into sales. So I'm bartending and a guy, a regular comes in and, uh, you know, he, he's a sales manager at a uh, telecommunication company. And at that time, telecommunication was huge, man. Sure. Everybody was venture capital companies were coming in and throwing money at these companies. And that's when the dot com bubble was, was growing, right? It hadn't burst yet. It yeah. was growing. Yeah. So he was, like, he was a manager at one of these and he goes, Hey, man, have you ever thought about this? And I was like, honestly, I would be great at it. I just don't know how to get into it. Because every time I had talked to somebody about it, they, their first question was, do you have a college degree? Yeah. And my answer was no. You know, so unfortunately, they correlated a college degree and sales to have anything to do with each other when at the end of the day, it doesn't. But I think what they were showing was the discipline that it takes to, to go through that. But anyways, make a long story short, most most of your best salesmen in the country haven't gone to college. Right, to be right. Right. So I went in and he goes, well, you got to come in for an interview. So I went in for an interview and this is where my sales career started. It started that day interviewing with that the general manager of this telecommunication company because he did not want to hire me. In fact, he told me right then he did not want to hire me. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, he literally said, well, I don't think you'd be a good fit. Most of the guys here have college degrees. You have no experience. So you have no experience. You have no college degree. And I was like, you can't see past all that I'm thinking in my mind, I'm, I'm sitting here across from him and I'm thinking it, it, in my mind, I'm thinking you can't see past that and see that I have talent that you could cultivate. I just I was blown away by it. He sounds anyways, like a real motivator of people. <laughs> yeah, he was great, man. He was great. Right. So so I asked him, I kind of asked him that day and this is where my sales career started. I asked him, what was the lowest salary that you brought somebody in at? And he told me what most people made. And I said, how about this? I'll come in for a 90 day trial at the lowest possible salary that you can bring me in at and let me work and see how much commission I can make. So he at that point was like, well, what does it hurt? Right. Right. So he brought me in at that time. Most got most of the people there made twenty seven thousand plus commission. Okay. I came in that year at eighteen thousand five hundred, which was the minimum level, I guess, is he, he could pay somebody yeah. and ended up ended up just killing it. Man, I, I, I was, uh, I was, cause at that time, what you did is you went floor to floor in the skyscrapers of New York, or I mean, uh, Chicago, yeah. knocking on the doors, asking who the decision maker was, yeah. getting their business card, writing it down and going back to the place and see how many appointments you could set up. Basically, yeah. is what you did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, I was new at it and I saw this as my opportunity. So I attacked it with vigor. Right. Yeah. And I ended up being, like number two in the office out of 55 people. And wow. I think I was like, and that office was so good. I was like number 20 nationally. Um, it was pretty good. Wow. So make a long story short. Well, here's how you do it. Well, what, I hold, out, what, what were you selling though? What was the actual, was it a cell phone or what was yeah, it? it was cell phone pagers, alphameric pagers <laughs> and uh, long distance, uh, yeah. local stuff like that. Right. I, I, I did that too, dude. Okay. So, you know, how, you know, everybody was doing it at that yeah, time, right? Yeah, yeah. You go, you go there. Well, I got in with Amico. 
All right. And Amico in Chicago, that's huge. Now it's yeah. called Mobile Exxon or yeah. something. But at that time, Amico was a standalone company. Yeah. They were huge, yeah. Right? And their base was out of Chicago. So I called this guy. Man, I want to tell you, it was probably 64 days in a row, 100 days in a row. It was a lot, right? Yeah. I called him every day, every day, every day. And the one day he picked up. Oh, and I was geez. literally, I was literally, I like, uh, 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 like literally <laughs> didn't know what to say, right? So yeah. I hit him with my elevator pitch, right? Yeah. And he said, I saw your number come in. And I knew it was you again because I'd left voicemails every day. And he said, if somebody called me that determined, I had to listen to see what they had to say. So I hit him with my elevator pitch, got an appointment with him. All right. So I called my president of the company. They fly in because I can't close this, dude. I don't even know <laughs> what the hell I'm doing. Right. I'm like, right. OK, I got the appointment. Now what do we do? Right. Yeah. So they all fly in. And we close that appointment down and I get a national contract with Amico and literally uh, I, I, I just was killing it every month because of that. Right. So at the end of that year, I come up for, you know, going, you know, a pay raise. Yeah. You know, I you just paid me the lowest possible amount you could ever pay me. Right. right. So everybody else gets a three percent pay raise. And he says, that's what I was offered. And I was like, wait a minute, three percent on eighteen thousand. Everybody else is getting paid this. I just brought the house to you. Right. <laughs> right. They didn't want to pay me. Wow. He basically I don't know if he liked me or if he thought I got lucky once or whatever. I don't know what it was, but he didn't want to pay me what I felt like I was worth at that time. Right. So I ended up leaving and I left to go to a company. One of the girls that was working at that office saw my talent, saw that I had ability. She had moved on. She called. She told their HR company to call me and they got me over there. So I kept moving up. I kept moving companies. And at that time in the telecom Boom, everybody was moving companies because yeah, you were right. just more and more and more and more and more, right? Right, right So right. Within, within two years, I went from eighteen five to 55000 base salary plus commission. I was making, you know, six figures when I was just bartending last year, you know? That's awesome, dude. Hey, I know uh, some bartenders that make incredible money. Sick. Sure, but I wasn't. <laughs> They have to work at like really good places at work at like, you right. know, clubs or really fine right. dining establishments. I was working at Bennigan's. OK, <laughs> so I wasn't making that good kind of money. Dude, That's funny. So. So. Um, OK, so. You're still in the telecom business, so and yeah, so then I'm, in how, I'm trying to do the math. How old are like you're 27, 28, maybe? Yeah, I was. I yeah, I was about uh, 27 when I got in the uh, in into sales. Okay, okay. And I'm 40, 46 now. I know I look 35, man, but you're that's for, you're I'm 46. 40, I'm 46 years old. Wow, yes. that's incredible. Yeah, a lot of moisturizing. <laughs> a lot of moisturizing. <laughs> I have a daily regimen, man. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, so, so then um, I, I start working for. Um, I, I met a girl. I met a girl like a lot of us do, right? That oh, was my God. single. And I wasn't really good person. I was I was doing all the wrong things, staying way too many nights out at the clubs, the bars. Yeah. You know, I was you know, I wasn't a really good man at that time. But I met a girl. She lived in Atlanta. So I said, being the gypsy, so I am. Well, hell, I'll move to Atlanta. Right. right. So I moved to Atlanta with this girl I basically have known for two months. Wow. Right. Yeah. And I get there. Now, I, here's a here's a little thing I have to tell you real quick, Ken. 
And I'm not proud of this, but this is what happened. After my first job where they knew that I didn't go to college and they wanted to pay me less, I then cultivated this lie that I went to college. Oh, wow. And here's the problem. All right. I knew the only way that these other companies would hire me and pay me what I was worth is if I had a college degree. And then back in those days, nobody called and did background checks, man. Right. They just did. Right. Right. So now they can do that. But back then they couldn't really do it or they didn't do it. Right. So I literally had to I lied on my resume. I cultivated this. And the problem with that lie is that lie becomes a bigger lie and it becomes even bigger, bigger, because now you have to. Now you have to live this lie. You went to college. You know, there's a time frame that you have to know what you did. And like if you meet people that went to that school, then you got to know certain, you know, things about that school. It was terrible. And I absolutely hated it. And then when you meet girls that you like, now they know you that you went to college and then you just live this lie with them. Wow. You get what I mean? dude, so dude, so it, what, what college did you go to in this big lie? I wanted to go to Ohio State, but I figured with 90,000 people that go there, I would get found out just because I would run into too many people that went to this college, right? Yeah. So I went I went to Wright State University in Dayton, <laughs> in Dayton Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, because and my brother-in-law like, has a master's degree from there. So <laughs> There you go. Good thing I didn't run into them, right? Because <laughs> they would ask me about it. I had never even been to Dayton, oh, Ohio. Oh my God, I'm, dude, that's hilarious. I'm not proud of this, but wow. what I'm trying to show you is that how far you can grow and develop over time. Yeah, when, right. I, when you come from a bad environment and you create this survivor mentality, that's what I did. And I did whatever it took to survive, man. Right. And I'm not proud of it, but it, it led me to be the man I am today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I moved down to Atlanta and this girl that I moved there for finds out that my time frames. And my things aren't lining up, man. So she gets on, she gets online one day, right? Uh, while I'm at work and finds out, wait a minute, this guy that I like that's living with me isn't who he says, says he is, right? Uh, so I had to complain to her and she's a lawyer. So she didn't want to date me anymore because I would lie to her. I started our relationship out lying, right? Right, right. It, it should have been a lesson at that time, but it wasn't. I still wasn't mature, and I went through the next time. I lived in Atlanta now. Now I'm homeless, right? I have, I have nowhere to live, right? I know no one except for this girl in Atlanta. So wow. I'm like, golly. So I move in with a couple guys that I started this job with, and the rest kind of grew. But, I mean, I had to lie to them and tell them I went to college because if anybody found out, I would <laughs> – I get fired, right? So you didn't tell him why the girl broke up with you? No, man. I mean, I can't. I can't out myself in this lie because right. my whole life might unravel, and and it sucks. <laughs> oh and living God. a lie is absolutely horrible. Because think about this: when you bring girls home to meet your mom, now your mom, your family, oh they're in on this lie, and they don't want no no part of it, right? Oh, so dude. like. It was terrible, man. It was terrible. And I, I lived wow. this lie all the way up until I was 32. Oh, 32. my God. Wow. So, so I have so wait, been... wait, wait. Okay, so let's back up because I, I, this is – I mean, it's looking back at my life, I get it, man. You're like the catch-me-if-you-can guy. So, yeah. like, like, what was your what, – <laughs> what was your honorary degree in? Well, that was just uh, what? It, what? It, I had don't, a don't say French. 
<laughs> no, nobody ever, nobody ever really asked me that, you really? know, just, no, wow. no. Wow. That's funny, dude. So, so <laughs> I can't even imagine, I cannot imagine, I mean, I can, but I, I never went, I never went quite that far. I always said, hey, I'm a high, I walked out in 12th grade because they said you didn't get a biology credit. And I'm like, what the hell? What am I going to need that for? Like, I, I, I don't need biology. <laughs> I hated biology. That's why I didn't get the credit. Like, Y'all got this mixed up, right? And so I just said, I'm I'm out of here. But so um so you're in Atlanta, which I lived in Atlanta as well. Um yeah. you're in Atlanta and and so what happens from there, man? Like you're living with these dudes, the girl tells yeah. you Yeah, and I meet a girl and as girl. my I meet another girl. I mean, girls were definitely a large part of my life at this point. You know, anytime right. you know, I mean I was very insecure. Sure. But I covered it up with confidence, right. arrogance. Even. Right. But right. it, but it, but I wasn't really confident about myself like I am today. I'm very confident man now, but I'm a humble man now. Right. Because right. I'm really truly confident. Right. You get it? Humility comes with confidence, but sure. unfortunately, we portray it when we're not confident as arrogance, and that's yeah. what I was, man. I was really arrogant, too cocky. When I walk in a room, I would create. Um, just I, this aura about me, like I had it all together, but I really didn't have it together, right? So okay. I'm like fitting women in to these nightly endeavors just to make myself more uh, feel better about myself probably is what it was doing, right? Yeah. So I meet a girl and I, I'm I'm living with her. She lives in this freaking mansion, right? Yeah. I, call me a jiggle, whatever you want to call me. I don't know, but <laughs> like she has this really beautiful house, right? And she asked me to live with her, so I do. And I know I'm not... <laughs> So I know, I know I'm not supposed to Is this to Buckhead? Be. Is this in Buckhead? This is coming. Okay. Okay. Coming, Georgia. Yeah. All right. I was living in Buckhead with the guys, but she had this house out, out there, one exit past Alpharetta, right? Oh, yeah. So I move in with her in this huge 4,000, 4,500 square foot home, and, and she has a child. And I'm thinking, what the heck am I doing? I'm, I shouldn't be doing this. And I like her, but I wasn't in love with her. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I wasn't yeah. in love. Yeah. She couldn't have been in love with me because I wasn't portraying the actual person I really am in life. You right. know what I mean? Right. So, right. but she asked me three times to marry her. Right. I said <laughs> no the first two times. This oh. is all true. This is all true, oh. man. You, okay, hold it. you said I said no the first two times. I said no two times. And the Whoa. third time, Ken, I said yes, oh, because I didn't know what else to do, yeah, right? Right, right, right. So, I, so now you're like walking down. You're like, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. Why am I doing this? Why am I? Okay, I'm married now, oh, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm married now, and I'm living in this country club community <laughs> with all these, I mean, really, playing golf or, I mean, playing tennis. Oh. I joined a tennis league, and like I'm, I'm – but I'm not still – you're true Sean Hayes. I'm not oh my really true. God, dude. Wow. So, so anyways, that, that marriage lasts 10 months, Ken, 10 months. Wow. So I then say enough of this. I'm tired of being who I'm not. And I moved home to where my family then resided, which was Winter Haven, Florida. Okay. Right? Yeah. This is where I finally start to be, build who I'm supposed to be and grow and develop and become the man I am today. Yeah. All right. Um, and how old were you at this my point? Now wife at, my, my now wife. Okay. How We've been together 13 years and been married nine 
Okay. Um, but but this is why I went back to Winter Haven is because God had pointed me in this direction. Now, I want you to understand, God had got me all this way. Okay? Right. He wanted me to have all these problems and challenges and learn. And so I could then help other people. I know this now today, but I didn't know it at the time right. that all this was designed for a greater purpose. Right. 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 So how, how old were you when you ended up back in Winter Haven? Okay. So, uh, this is, uh, 30, 32, okay. but here's where, starts, here's where it starts with the de- development. I still am not there. I'm going out and partying every night because now I'm single, right? Woohoo. I'm not married anymore. Right. And, and I live in a new city and I'm still insecure. So I still have to go out. Right. So I'm, I'm filling these voids with going out to the bar. Right. And right. I, and I meet my, my wife now yeah. on our first date, Ken, this is, you can't make this up either. First date, I get a DUI driving her car. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding drunk? And of course, Hey, I'll drive. I'm good. Right. So I drive a car two o'clock in the morning, pulls me over and I get a DUI. And this is where my life starts to change. Okay. And I told her, I was like, don't tell my mom, don't tell my mom, call my sister, call my dad, call everybody. (laughs) Do not call my mom, right? So what she did, she calls my mom. Oh, so my no. mom is like walking out of the jail, you know. <laughs> I walk out of the jail and there is my mom. And I'm just like, wow, that was a terrible ride home. But it was needed. Yeah, It yeah. was fitting. And that is the moment that I looked in the mirror when I got home. I was tired. I didn't sleep there. I'm wearing the clothes from last night. I'm reeking of alcohol, right? That feeling that nobody wants to feel. I was feeling. I looked in the mirror. I put both hands on the sink and I looked at the reflection staring back at me and I didn't like it, man. I just didn't like it. And at that moment, right then, I decided I was going to change and become the man I should be. And it was a gradual process. It did not happen overnight. This is a building. This is a growth. But it really started to change in 2012 when I came to Christ, when I changed my life and I I gave my life over to him instead of me trying to control it. That was what changed. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. That's awesome. So you said 2012. Yeah, I got into the car business in 2010. Oh, okay. In 2010, I decided, okay, so that DUI, I lost my job. I lost my job. I worked for corporate America. They said, "Uh uh-uh, you can't drive for us anymore. You got to do something. Now, so so I go through that process, that hell of a process, that expensive process, that growth and development process. Right. And I come out the other side saying I want to change my life, but I didn't know how to do it. So I got into the car business. Isn't that crazy, right? You want to change your life, go get in the car business. right? (laughs) Right, right. So um, I get into the car business and instantly I felt like I found my calling because those other jobs, even though I knew I was good in sales, I didn't feel passion for it. I didn't feel inspired. I didn't want to go out and knock on doors every day, Ken. I freaking hated that. It was so terrible. And I really believe that if people do that long term, they're going to get burnt out. They just get tired of the same grind every day, man. It sucks. I've done it. It sucks. It did. So I get in the car business and instantly I love it, man. Instantly I'm like, wow, these people come to me. They come to me. Right? I'm like, wow, this is the way of a change. And I absolutely love it because all I have to do is believe in my product, present my product with passion, um, do a great job. And these people are going to buy my product, right? Yep. And I started excelling. 
I really started excelling. Wow. Okay, so so the DUI was what year? 2010? 9? That was 12, 2012. Oh. But you got yep. in the car business in 10. Correct. I spent two years still gradually, slowly, and here's the thing. I was still arrogant. I was still a jerk, right? right? right. I didn't grow till that 2012. So I had two years there in the car business. When I got into the car business, every single guy at my dealership hated me, Ken. Right. Hated me. Right. Except for the main. Except for the managers. Right. Every right. salesman hated me because I was arrogant. Right. Every salesman hated me because I was kicking their butt. Every yeah. salesman hated me because I was number one on the board. I was blowing out, you know, I was beating these guys that have been in the industry for years and years. I come in and I just was killing it because right. I took all the things I had learned from sales. Right, right. And I put them into the car sale process. So yeah. I understood the road to sale. I've been doing that for 12 years, right? Right. 20 yeah. years. Yeah. But the problem was, is I hadn't become the humble spirit that right. I needed to become. Yeah. You know, I covered up my insecurity with arrogance and I came across, I rubbed people the wrong way that I worked with and I didn't care. Right. But right. I really did. I, I really did. Care. I get Ken. it. Yeah. You know? And, and passionately I cared, but I acted like I didn't care. I wanted everybody to like me and I knew I was a likable person if I would let people see the true side of me. But yeah. the only that ever liked me were the people that got to know me. Yeah. And I didn't let a lot of people get to know me. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. But I was able to be honest with people. I didn't have to lie and say I went to college anymore. Right. <laughs> I didn't have to I didn't have to lie about a lot of the things. So I let people in a little bit more right. and I gradually started growing. Right. And I started developing this okay, you're all right. It's okay if you're imperfect. Imperfect is not is not bad. It just right. means you need to be accepting of who you're becoming, right? So I tell people all the time, I was a kid until 32, right? Yeah. I was a kid until 32. I started becoming a man at 32 years old. That's sad, but it was true. Yeah. So in 2012, I uh, so now I sell cars for two years. I'm doing really, really good. I'm killing it, okay? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I really, really, truly am. And uh, a gentleman is placed in our dealership. I say he was an angel. He's sent from God. He literally would, uh, would, he would help me, uh, find out who I'm supposed to be in life. Wow. And, uh, I owe a lot to where I am today because of that, that one person. And his name was Gus. And Gus was a Christian and he brought me to Christ. He stuck, he stayed beside me between me, me and my girlfriend, who's now my wife. We had so many problems, so many problems. And look at us now. We don't fight at all. Wow. We don't argue at all. We are just a loving, good couple that, that wants to help the world. But it was a process, man. It didn't happen overnight. Right. And that is why I want to give back every day and do what I do. Dude, that is so – what a powerful, powerful testimony and story. So so uh, uh, Gus Gus helped you, and you're referring to him in past tense. Is he, is he no longer with us? Uh, no, he's here, but I'll oh. tell you, man, he's doing what he did to me all over the country. Like he literally oh. goes – I believe he's like uh, – and I don't mean to come across as this like, you know, oh, Sean, this holy roller. This guy literally, I believe – if you ever saw Touched by an Angel, I believe he is an angel that God sends to different places wow. to literally – he had the whole dealership. There was 14 salesmen in there praying on a daily basis. We were holding wow. youth groups – I mean uh, uh, <clears throat> prayer groups. Bible readings at my house. Wow. I mean, literally came in and transformed a whole dealership. It That's was crazy. Incredible, man. Wow. That's awesome. And then I left and, uh, and me and the wife moved to St. Augustine, Florida. 
Yeah, love and, St. Augustine, the lighthouse, been up in it. Yep. But the difference I did is because I've been able to develop myself, I said, okay, when I come into this dealership, I'm going to come in with a humble heart and uh, and and my head down yeah. and just do my job. And I was allowed to cultivate relationships and become a leader there because I didn't come in like an arrogant SOB. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Well, I came in there and I did really, 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 really well. I was number one for like forever yeah. until I left. But I was able to do it and people still like me. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It sucks going through life having everybody hate you. Oh, I hated it, man. But I yeah. acted like I didn't care. But we all yeah. care, man. Sure. Absolutely. Anybody tells you they don't care, they're just they're they're covering up their insecurities. That's all. Yeah, they'll lie to you about other things too. So yeah. so um so you that where this was in a dealership in Saint Augustine. Yes. Okay. So I worked at the first one in Winter Haven for five and a half years. Then okay. I worked at this one in St. Augustine for six years. So Where's I've been Winter eleven. Winter Haven is that is that by is that near Orlando? It is. Okay. It, yes. Okay. That's the whole. Isn't that the Disney area or? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, Winter Haven, smaller town, kind of outside yeah. um, Orlando. It's yeah. Sleepy town. Old old people. Uh, they 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 retire there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, um, and, and, and by the way, St. Augustine's an amazing city or air. It's oh. just, a, it's so it's the, uh, history and my, my wife is terrified of heights. She's on here. She's going to, she's going to smack me later for this, but she literally, we went up the, the lighthouse in St. Augustine. You know what I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we get to the top and she literally will not go out on the, the deck and, and I go, I'm trying to. She's holding on to the doors like, no. And, and I'm like, come on. She's like, no. Anyway, so, but she, she eventually came out. But, um, so, you know, it, it so here you are in, in St. Augustine, Florida. Your life is really starting to change. Um, and, and it is a process. It's not an event. And I can totally relate to that because I remember I was 34. Um, now I had been incredibly successful in my, my twenties, like really successful. Um, but at 30 ish, I'm, I'm living back at my mom and dad's, you know, and, and at 34 as when I have the, the, the big spiritual awakening and, and I can remember, um, when I first cleaned up my life, I got sober and all that stuff. I remember thinking, you know, I'd see these guys in, in the, the fellowship that I was in. My wife just said, stop telling the, the stories. Um, but I remember <laughs> this fellowship I was in. I'd see these guys with 20, 30 years sober and they, you know, were wealthy and they were happy and they were, you know, like just amazing, amazing people. And I was like, I want that, but I don't want to wait 20 years. I want it now, like right now. And I deserve it, <laughs> you know, so, but yeah. it's an event, man, or it's a process rather. It's not an event. So, um, so here you are in St. Augustine. Tell me, tell me, and you're at the, what kind of dealership are you working at? Uh, that's a Hyundai. I worked for Hyundai for 11 years. Oh, okay. So you were there for, for quite a while. Yes, I, I did hunting for 11 years. I did five and a half years at one, six at the other. And uh, um, what's great about that is you just said it's a process. Right. Like I would become better every day. I would grow every day. But there is a point in your life, in your career, where you become stagnant. 
Yep. So I'm, I'm a better person, right? I'm a Christian. I'm helping people. I yep. love work. I love, I love being who I am, but I was making the same thing for five years straight. Yeah. Right. Yep. Which was at the higher end of the pay scale in our industry, but still I wasn't inspired anymore. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yep. After 11 years of doing the exact same thing, doing the, showing, selling the exact same cars to the exact same people as you do, I need inspiration. I'm a gypsy soul. Remember that, yep. right? Yep. So. So one day um, I decide I'm going to attack social media. And my wife's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I believe I, I read an article um, about three people that were using social media to sell cars with. And I'm like, OK, so I look them up and I'm like, all right, well, I see what they're doing, but I think I can do something totally different and kind of make a difference. Right. Yeah. So I decide to start making these videos and I watched Eric Thomas. I watched less me too. I watched less Brown. Yeah. Right. And I started watching these daily mornings. So I said, okay, I'm going to start getting up, changing my routine, start putting in a successful routine to become a more successful and inspired person. Right. And Eric Thomas was the reason that happened. I watched his and basically saying, if you want it the way you want it, then you have to quit talking about it and just do it. So I changed my whole life. Started getting up at four o'clock in the morning and I was so inspired that I didn't need an alarm clock anymore. Wow. I started doing these daily videos and all of a sudden I'm helping my industry, which I love, and I'm able to inspire myself at the same time. So I was getting twofold. I'm helping other people and I'm helping myself. And every next thing I know, my content starts getting better. I start like my, my videos go from two minutes to four minutes to six minutes hey, to yeah. now 25 minutes. You know what I mean? Right. But I just absolutely uh, wanted to fill the gap of this industry, which is lacking, is training, teaching, cultivating people, yep. life skills, growing them. Okay. A lot of people can sell cars, yep. but they need life skills. That's what I needed. I needed life skills. Yeah. So I decided to not only teach people how to get better at selling cars, but teach people on how to grow and develop themselves. Because I believe once you grow and develop as a person, you become a better salesman. It yep. just happens. Yep. And so that was what I wanted to bring to my industry. I did not know that it would have the effect that it has had today. I did not know that it would change my life. I did not know that I would have, you know, hustle and grind con and, and move to a different state to work as a leader in our industry, to uh, get the social media um, chops that I have and to have the, you know, just to be where it is. I had no idea I would start a group, a sales hustlers group that's got 8,800 members, uh, loyal members. I did not know any of this would happen, but it did as a byproduct of me being inspired, having a vision. And here's the thing acting on your vision. Right. 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 And that's the problem a lot of people do. And I did it for a long time. I would talk about it. I would dream. I would wish I would I would talk till I was blue in the face. But I actually applied. Eric Thomas and Les Brown told me to apply action to it. And that's what I did and changed my life. Dude, that's that's incredible. That's so powerful. So so you you start and this is all while you're still in St. Augustine, though, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. okay. So, um, 
Now, and gosh, I can't even believe we're almost at an hour. That's insane. So, oh, so I can talk for days, bro. It's, no, it's, dude, it's, this is awesome. This has been incredible. So, so, and and hey, it's my show. We'll go all day if we want to. I don't care. <laughs> like, right? I, I mean, I guess I'm the one that imposes the time limits. So, so the um, so okay. At some point, so though. Yeah, so I'm inspiring people, right? And right. I'm getting a large fan base and yeah. people are coming on here daily for their daily dose of Sean Hayes and his motivation, inspiration. And it starts mushrooming in to next thing I know, I have 5,000 people, you know, my videos like 10,000, 15,000 views. And I'm like, holy crap, what's going on? So I start this, not only this group, but I start a show on Tuesday night, it's called Sales Hustler Spotlight. And, and the goal of that was to, I don't want to just spotlight myself. I want to spotlight other people across this industry that maybe people don't know. Right. That maybe their, their story and their, and their sales chops can help somebody along the way. And that's how it all started out, right? Wow. So I had this guy on the show called Glenn Lundy, yeah, right? Which I've, I've never said, heard of him. <laughs> right. I don't think anything happens by chance right. or accident. I believe it was supposed to happen. So I have him on the show and that is why I'm working here today because he has a big social media presence. Myself and Dave Benson, who created Sales Hustlers, has a big uh, uh, social media presence. Yeah. But we both have the same vision. And that's the thing. Yeah. I want to change the industry, Ken. Right. I, but I can't do it alone. I'm not this stupid guy that believes I can just, oh, I can do everything, right? right. I can't. I need power players. Right. I need people in power that actually can help me make, change people's mindsets, right? right? I can't do it alone, but I need to combine with people that have the similar vision as me. And then if we can combine forces, we can be power players. And right. that's what my vision was. And that's what's happening, man. Dude, that's, that's, that's so awesome. And, and I know that you are, you know, you guys are both connected with Lisa Copeland and, and a lot of other great people in the car business. Um, and just people that aren't necessarily in the car business. I'm not in the car business. So, right. well, I, I don't know. I keep, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Right. I'm supposed to do some, maybe I'll start a car dealership. So, um, I was texting with Chris Saraceno last night. Him and I texted back and forth, I, which he's been on the show. I, that dude's unbelievable. So, right. so, um, so, okay. So you connect with um, Glenn Lundy, and everybody on here. If you're not following Glenn Lundy, like he's just—I I love that guy, man. He's freaking right. amazing. Uh, man, we, 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 we clicked like after the show, I had him on yeah. my wife watched the show, which my wife never watches any of my stuff. I don't know if you have that problem as well, but Glenn, that, Glenn, yeah. Glenn doesn't watch happen either. Right. Yeah. She goes, she goes, Sean, you might be motivational for everybody else in the country, but you're the guy that leaves the sock drawer open. Okay. <laughs> so at the end of the day, um, I ain't watching your stuff. <laughs> I just love her. Right. That's yeah. keeping it real. Yeah. Um, but so I have, I build this, uh, she watches this show and she goes, you know what? He, he's your doppelganger. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, he is your exact guy. He went through trials. He went through tribulations. He went through a lifetime of manipulating and lying and being the person he's not today. Yeah. He's grown, developed. He's around your age. He's in the car industry and you both have this magnetic personality between you. Right. Wow. Yeah. So. 
And I agree with her. And next thing you know, we just become really, really good friends, you know, and it builds and it cultivates. And here's the story for you. We, me and Dave Benson were at the Rockstar Auto Conference. We were asked to speak. So we go and speak. And Glenn wasn't going to the conference. Wow. But he tells me that something says you have to go. Now, he doesn't wow. know where this voice comes from. He doesn't understand, but he was like, okay. So he goes and he comes and hangs out with us for three days. Wow. And that's where we are today. He said that he had to go to see if I was the real true person that I, that I, that I act like. If I was the real true deal or, or somebody just acting yeah. social media wise, right. being somebody who's not. And he spent three days with me and I didn't go to the, I didn't go to a bar once. I didn't go to a casino once. Right. I was there to work. I was there to network. I was there to grow. And he saw that in me that day. And he yeah. said he saw a true leader that he wanted in, in his organization. And that's where I'm at today. So yeah, t- tell me about that because I know that, um, um, I've been to where I've been in the state that you're in right now. Um, and I've been in Florida and there's a big difference. <laughs> I mean, there's a huge difference. Now, I mean, just tell everybody what happened, where you ended up in Kentucky. So tell them how that all happened. All right. So when you put yourself out there and you're helping and you're growing and people see you as a leader in your industry, you start to get offers. And that's what was happening. People were reaching out to me. Hey, would you be interested? Hey, would you do this? Yep. So I start. I had no interest to become a leader at one time. I wanted to make sure I had become the man I'm supposed to be right. before I got into a leadership role. Right. Okay. That was my goal. Okay. Right. I know where I was supposed to be, but I can't hurry the process. Just right. like you said a minute ago, it is a process. Yep. And if I would have been put in that role before I was percolated, yeah. okay, I would have, I would have failed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I waited to the point and then all of a sudden these offers start coming in. Right. So I was literally this is this is a cool story. I was literally had plane tickets purchased for me to come to a visit in North Carolina at a dealership that wanted to hire me in a, a similar role that I'm I'm at here. Wow. And I literally had already negotiated the pay plan and tickets were in my uh, mailbox. Okay, to fly there. Now, Glenn and I and Josh had been flirting for about a month or two about me coming there. But Glenn wrote a book on not hiring people outside your company on resumes. Right. Okay. And so he's like, stop. I I can't do this. I cannot (laughs) hire you and bring you in unless you come here and sell cars. And I said, I'm out on that, bro. I said, I've been selling cars for 11 years. I feel like I've proved myself to people. I, right. I am of high character. Right. And I think every once in a while, somebody comes along and you have to make an exception to right. that one person. Right. right. So he, he doesn't agree with me. Right. <laughs> so we go away from each other. I make all these other reservations. I had two different companies. I was flying in to interview them, make sure I interviewed the city, the people, yeah. brought my wife in to yeah. see if she liked the area right right so when on monday morning i'm watching his rise and grind yeah. show he has yeah. on 5 30 uh that's a shameless plug 5 30 rise and grind show i know um, I, I yeah i i, I so watched I'm the watching replay <laughs> right <laughs> so i'm watching it and glenn puts a shout out to me hey sean i gotta give you a call later so i said okay no no problem yeah so i get to work and phone call comes in glenn lundy and he says hey have you taken any of those job opportunities yet? 
And I go, no, but I'm flying out Friday. This was, I think, Monday morning. I said, I already got the tickets. I'm flying out Friday morning. He said, <sighs> and I had a long pause. I said, man, just talk to me, man. What's going on? He said, well, would you be interested not going on any of these appointments? And I said, whoa, <laughs> what happened, man? You basically told me you didn't want me. What happened? Right. He goes, it's not we didn't want you. So anyways, he says, what would it take to get you here and to cancel those other appointments? I said, well, I'm not going to burn those bridges because those people, you know, that I, I don't want to do that. Right, you know, I get right. there and you say, I don't want you. You know, I'm screwed, right? right. So he, he says, look, man, we want you. We got to have you. Josh Cummings wants you. I want you. What do we got to do to get you here? I said, well, you have to kind of give me something that is, as long as my family likes it, we're in. And he yeah. says, yes, come. So we fly in. We, I, I have to call this other company, Ken. It was oh, terrible. Right? I have to call him up and say, hey, man, I'm sorry, but I something is drawing me to this place. I have to work there. I have to work there. And I got this opportunity. And that guy, class, straight class. You know what he said? He said, I understand, man. I got your back. No problem. I'm always here for you if you need me in the future. And I will always remember that about him. That's awesome, man. Well, I fly in. And my wife and I get wined and dined for a couple of days. We fly home and I decided, man, I want, I want, I have to work there. I, I want to work this there. This is in, the, so you fly into Kentucky. I fly into Kentucky. And Glenn to the, picks us to up. The, to, the, to the Paris International Airport. Actually, it's in Lexington. Yeah, Lexington. <laughs> I know, I'm just teasing. So, but yeah, it's wow. a small little town, man. Small little town. Now we live in Lexington, oh, which dude. is 14 miles, 14 miles outside, and that's the second biggest city in Kentucky. Yeah. So it's a fairly large city. Right. It has about 300,000 people in it, so it's not small, you right, know. Right, right. And uh, and my wife and I, we and we meet with everybody, and we go out to dinner with all, you know, all the big wigs here. Yeah. And uh, man, I just know the vision. They never had me, Ken. Do you have a moment to I tell you this story? Yeah. Dude, okay. we got all day. All right, man. So I, I don't commit. I, I basically spend a Saturday, watch the showroom, watch everybody. I do my morning meeting there. You know, I have a great time. But everybody thinks I'm just visiting Glenn, right? Right. right. So I go up after that, after uh, the morning meeting, and I meet with Josh and Glenn after the night before we went to dinner. Yeah. Now, I'm still like, okay, no offers have been made. No, Nobody talked about compensation, nothing. I have no idea what the heck's going on. But Glenn meets with me and Josh meets me with that next morning, and that is where it was solidified. I knew after that meeting that we were on the same page with the same vision to change this industry one customer at a time, one salesman at a time, and we were all in the same boat, and I never have felt that synergy ever before. And I'm telling you what, when Josh, myself, and Glenn had an emotional, I call it man-tier moment, yeah. okay, it was the most powerful moment of my life when it comes to business. Wow. I felt, I knew right then that I went home to my wife, and she was at the hotel. Yeah. I went home to my wife, and I said, baby, as long as you can say we can go, man, I have to do it. And she was a supportive and been on the road with me uh, ever since. So, wow. But uh, that was when they had me, man. They sold me. Josh come and sold me, man. Josh come and sold me, man. Wow. The, when he got emotional and his vision lined up with my vision and my vision lined up with Glenn's vision, I felt the three of us could be so powerful together. Wow, man. That just gave me chills, dude. That's so that's, that's, too, man. that's so powerful, <laughs> dude. That is so awesome. And I've watched Josh, I, you know, of course, Glenn, and, and you guys have a, a trifecta. I mean, you guys just have the perfect. And, and, 
you know, what I love about everything you guys are doing there is, is it's not about the individual. It's not about you. It's not about Glenn. It's not about Josh. It's not about, it's about the, the whole, the whole company, everybody, you know, it's like, I saw, I, I think, you know, Lisa Copeland kept telling me how awesome you are, how awesome Glenn is. And, and, and her and I talk almost every day. And, and so like, you know, and I'm like, I don't know these guys. And so I started following Glenn and I saw a video where, where he helped one of the guys, I think back in like the detail shop at, at, at around yeah. Christmas. And I was like, Oh my God, it brought tears to my eyes. I couldn't even like take it. I'm like, cause that's, that's, that's the passion I, I live by. And I love to see other people live by man. It's incredible. So I so, agree, man. So you guys are you're and and you're in a in a, a pretty good sized town, right? It's ninety five hundred people here, and they sell eight hundred to a thousand cars a month. Dude, that's crazy. It's nuts, man. I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like it. You drive around town, every single car has a Dan Cummins sticker on it, dude. It's absolutely <laughs> nuts. I've never seen anything like it, man. I, I don't know it. how. There, there is just some special sauce and recipe, but it starts with leadership. OK, and it, it goes. Here's here's something interesting for you. And every dealership should be like this. Your employees should not be worried about doing things because of punishment. They should be worried about doing things because they don't want to let you down or the organization down. And that's the way this place is run. They're not worried about punishment. They're not worried about getting in trouble. They just don't want to let their fellow person down, man. They don't want to let the organization down. And that is the difference. And that's why you need to get your business running. Dude, I love that. That's so powerful, man. This is this is one of the best interviews I, I think I've had. Uh, you're number 76, I think, I believe. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so, but you know, dude, your 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 um, your spirit, your passion. It it's it's just you know. I, I I meditate every day of my life. I have for 15 years, and 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 what I think that's done for me is helped me read people a lot better. And dude, your energy is, and your your just your spirit. It's it's off yeah. the charts, man. And and well, I, it shows you that man can come back, man. I want you to know that, guys. I'm looking you dead in the eye right now, out there. If you're struggling, or if you've had bad times, or if you had a bad childhood, or if you were beaten, mis mistreated, sexually molested, none of it matters. That's right. Okay, become the better person you want to be. Live every day to be that person that you you admire in other people. You can. You can. I did it. Yeah. I promise you, I did it. Yeah. And uh, just be authentic and be real, man. That's Dude, it. Let, let me ask you this, and 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 we can. I I don't know what your time is like, but um, I have. We still have a little bit of time if you're good. Um, well, I percent battery life. So you have what? Three percent battery life. Oh no! Wow. Okay, we're gonna lose you. Well, I wanna I wanna know this real quick. Somebody comes to you. They're 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 stuck. They can't pay their bills, electric's getting shut off, cars getting repoed, getting evicted, whatever. They can't figure it out and they say, man, I, I just don't know what to do. What's the first thing you say to them? Do you want to change your life? That's the first thing I ask them. Because if they're not willing to change their life, then nothing's going to change. Okay. Yeah. And I found out I can't help you. Can can help you. Nobody can help you until you're willing and ready to change your life. That's what it took for me. Right. Are wow. you ready to change your life? And once you do that, then I can help you. 
dude, you, you freaking rock, man. Like you, you, that, that's, that's a great, great answer. So listen, I, I, you're at 3% battery. Wow. So, Hey man, we can do it, again, Ken. We can do it another day, man. I dude, love you, bro. Dude, this is awesome, man. I'm going to have you back on. Cause you just got to Paris, Kentucky, like recently, how long ago? It's my first month, man. I mean, I trained the last two weeks, the last month, and this I hit the floor uh, as a sales manager here on the first of the month. So wow, good for you, man. That's that's amazing. I'm only four hours away. I told Glenn the other day I'm coming to see you guys, um, and and I'm gonna buy my next car from you. Don't don't put me don't put me off on a, a another sales guy. Um, so I'm, I'm coming to Kentucky. I'm buying my car from you, my next car. So, um, listen, I appreciate you coming on. How can everybody follow you, man? Follow me on Facebook, Sean Hayes, man. It's real easy. I have a YouTube channel, Sean Hayes, our, your car guy, Sean. Um, but if you ever need anything, man, I, I try to help as much as I can. I am getting a little overwhelmed, but we do have a group on Facebook called sales hustlers. Now you have to be in the car business. If not, I don't allow anybody outside it. I don't want people to pitch products, and I I'm don't want there. a bunch of. I'm in there. Are you? I didn't know. We're <laughs> kicking you out, Ken. Oh, just great, kidding. great. Just kidding, buddy. Kidding. Just kidding. Uh, just, just, we'll reach out to me, man. Yeah. I, I'm here for you. I, I promise you, I'm not going to big time you, a big guy you. I, I, I'll try to help uh, as long as I have time. Dude, you rock. You rock. Everybody, right. make sure you go follow Sean right now. As soon as we finish this. Sean, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Great story. Yes, sir. God bless, buddy. God bless you too, man. Thank you. All right, you guys, have an awesome day. Thank you for all the likes, the hearts, the crying laugh faces, and the shares. And we'll see you guys tomorrow.